Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Number two of Easton's primetime action on a Wednesday night from the South Point. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. A whole bunch of baseball going on. Uh, some finals already today, but we have some handful of games in action. Kelly, what do you got right now? Yeah, Yankees uh, still up on the Red Sox. Four to one now, top of the fifth. Uh, no live numbers currently up on that game. The uh, Braves on top of the Marlins, 5-2, bottom of the fifth inning. If you wanted to get in live on the Marlins, you can get plus 625. 10.5 is live total. The Rays up on the Orioles, 4-2, top of the sixth. Orioles plus 625 live. And 9.5 is that total. Angels up on the Tigers, 2-1, bottom of the seventh inning. Angels minus 190 live. Tigers plus 155 and 5.5 the total. Cardinals up on the Brewers, 3-1, to one, bottom of the fourth. Cardinals minus 500 live. Brewers plus 375, 8.5 live total. Mariners up on the Rangers early, 2 nothing in the bottom of the third. Mariners minus 400 live. Rangers plus 300, 7.5 live total. Astros and Royals still scoreless in the top of the fourth inning. Astros minus 150 live. Royals plus 120 and 5.5 the total. And then last but not least, the White Sox on the board. One to nothing over the A's, top of the third inning. White Sox minus 130, A's even money, and nine and a half live total. Uh, we mentioned earlier that the uh, the Padres lost yet again, this time at Coors. Jake Arrieta, by the way, a pickup for the Padres. Like, what, what is happening? 
Uh, they lose to Colorado 7-5. to And so uh, the Reds fail once again to make up ground on the Padres for that race for the number two wildcard position. By the way, the Phillies will uh, have a say about making up ground on that because uh, an, an NL East team that doesn't win the division is really in it now uh, because of the Padres swoon. And so it gets to the question of here before we go back to football. Fernando Tatis at minus 300 really going to win an MVP on a team that flounders and misses the playoffs if they in fact do? I don't, I, I don't see that happening. He's awesome. He's awesome. Like, but He's awesome. But we just did a blind resume thing of, you know, five guys the last 30 days on a numbers game this morning. And if you look at, like, Votto's last 30 days, he's the MVP of this last stretch of the season so far. So if a guy like that even, if they make the playoffs and San Diego doesn't and he keeps playing like he does, he's just as good of a candidate and he's 50 to 1. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said in the, in the in the NL side of things. Yes. It's such but I, I guess the point that I'm making is it's such narrative. Like Tatis is a media darling and I'm not saying he's not great. He's phenomenal. But like the fact that he's minus 300 and like Brandon Crawford is barely listed and I'm not saying Brandon Crawford should win the NL MVP, but you get the idea. There is not that big of a gap in these two guys for, for, that is reflected how it is in the betting market. The betting market's ridiculous on Tatis. It should not be. Here we're showing minus 278 at Bet River. So it's right around the $3 point. Ben yeah, Gio is, has minus 300. This is a straw pool they did at MLB.com. Oh, so is that what that is? Yeah, you can see 60 votes going to so, Tatis. So 60 to Tatis. Which would reflect a minus two seventy eight betting odds. I see the implied the implied uh, sort of ratio there it goes to minus two seventy eight. So Harper at nineteen, Muncie at six, Wheeler a pitcher at four, and Winker Winker got three votes. Really? Oh man. So, so anyway, as I guess what I'm saying, it's like these awards are such um, ultimately art. Because it really is media. The media narrative dominates it so much. It's like again, Fernando Tatis, awesome. But how is he this big of a favorite over everybody? Harper, Muncie, Freeman. There's no way it should be that way. Harper's been coming on strong in those odds. He, he, he's been cutting that closer. But but ever since Tatis has gotten back, it's yeah. it jumped from like even money on him. It, yeah. it went from even money to yes. minus three hundred on the first it, game. In like a week, yeah, like less well, than he had a week. Two homers. Talking, right? He had two yeah. homers, like minus three hundred. Stop it. There's there's a, there's still a quarter of a baseball season left. Now I suppose if he still goes nuts for a quarter of the season, he'll probably win it. But there's so many better bets out there than him. And and you know and again, I, not that there's a better option on the AL side or whatever. But like again, it's just the that it's a foregone conclusion that it's Shohei, right? Yes. So you look at his like August stats. He's hitting 208 in August, right? Struck out 19 times in 14 games, <laughs> and like you know all these and and. But it's like he's minus a thousand or something or whatever it is, you know, like something like something hey, like that. Quiet. Like, I really want to cash that ticket. It, it's, but I mean, you know, again, he's like, he's hitting two oh eight, and this is what it is. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown, of course, Kelly Bidlin right here on Veasan's primetime action from the uh, South Point here uh, on uh, on, a, on a week where we're we're chilling, just doing two hours. How luxurious two hours are, huh? A night. Oh my it's, we, we we've been on a uh, three hour. I mean, thank you MSG for yes. having us every night, but it was a. Uh, it was a three-hour every night stretch for uh, for several months there. So yeah, it's a little odd. It's a little odd to do just these two hours. Yeah. Dude, let me let me drive this home. Please. I just got to let me just let me just Please. drive this home. Like so, the current odds I think is something like a tawny, like minus eleven hundred or something. Yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Right. Yeah. August first to August seventeenth. 
right? He has he's hitting 208. He's only hit two homers and he's got four RBI in the whole month of August. So remember when you were suggesting that he should stop pitching and just hit, now he should stop hitting and just pitch? Or, uh, well, no, I didn't think maybe he'd hit better if he was just if he, if he was only if he was only hitting or something. But again, it's just it's like it's not affecting at all, right? The market. Yeah, like right. like the market does not care. But you're right. That's exactly the least bit. It's like the narrative is more powerful yeah. than the actual performance on the field. Uh, I mean, what's funny is just think about in the past year how many you can you can list. Okay, so that was the case with Shohei from it, what as soon as Mike Trout went out? So, like, Shoei for that, Tatis for a while. Luka, it took, like, eight, seven months for them to move Luka Doncic off the betting favorite for MVP in the NBA. And you guys are right. It's all—it's just all narrative. It's, it's that the media crowning an award to someone already, and then it's who we're all talking about on Twitter. Look, we get it. We bet. We know how the markets move. Like, it's—the money has to come in for the numbers to change. But all we're just saying is that, like, people were talking about, oh, it's Otani's to lose, and they're just like— Take my money, you know, yeah. whatever. Like they don't, they don't even yeah. care. Like they're not looking at at this. But it's not going to matter. Like it really isn't. It's not going to matter. It's like he he get it two oh eight through the till the end of the year, and it won't matter. Well, with him, was it Mad Vasgersian who said like he could just stop playing now and he'd win the MVP? Yeah. Like that's how powerful the narrative yeah. is because he's Ruthian, right? It's, I mean, if we're if we're invoking Babe Ruth, pitching and hitting, it's unlike anything we've seen in our lifetime. So. For him, on that side, I think it's fade out complete. On the National League side, yeah, I'm not really buying it with Tatis quite yet. Which brings us to 32 teams at 32 shows. As we go to the NFC South, we've got two more divisions. Um, we do these in alphabetical order? No, we just randomly do them. This is like a random Kelly order. I, I, I was wondering for the first when the first time one of you guys was going to be like, what the heck order is this in? Yes. <laughs> just what, yeah, why don't we start with the NFC South with the exciting Carolina Panthers. The uh, Carolina Panthers, who finished 5-11 uh, and 11 last year, or as the great Steve Spurrier once said after a season with the Washington football team, well, 5-11, and 5-11. and 11. Now look around, some teams are 4-12, and 12, so I guess that's saying something. They finished 5 and 11, third in the NFC South last year, missing the playoffs for the third straight season. Star running back Christian McCaffrey famously only playing three games last year. They fired GM Marty Herney, longtime GM Marty Herney, on December 21st after a total of 19 years with the organization. See, if I had just kept reading the sentence, I would have uh, landed on that as well. The offense scored the ninth fewest points, 350, had the 12th fewest total yards, the third fewest passing touchdowns, 16. Uh, the fourth most interceptions, 16, and the 12, the 12th fewest rushing yards. That is your Carolina Panthers, everybody. Matt, what do you have to say about this team? Yeah, I mean, so the second season here of uh, of Matt Rule and and Joe Brady, you know, and and if you want to go the defensive side of the ball, Phil Snow, as well. So it's kind of it's kind of like, all right, you, here's your first taste of the NFL. Let's see some some real improvement here in year two. Obviously, that improvement was not going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater because they could not get him out of town fast enough. Like it was before the season was even over, they were kind of like, I think the Panthers are going to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. It's like it which, was which it was just I, known. Which, as I say, is peculiar because what were you expecting to get from Teddy Bridgewater? Right. Yeah, it was just but the known. most Teddy Bridgewater yeah, season. He was ever. gone. Like they were gonna they were gonna get him out of town. Now again. Uh, one of the most dynamic playmakers in the game, and Christian McCaffrey didn't play the majority of the season, so there is that as well. And as you kind of dig under the hood a little bit here, six of their 11 losses came by over one score game, seven points or fewer, right? And so 
if you kind of correct some of this stuff, if you kind of get a couple of more of those wins or something like that, you know, I mean, listen, the one score games, not all the time are coin flips, but you know, you can sometimes they're kind of coin flippy and fumble goes your way, a pick goes your way, or doesn't go your way, whatever it might be, a a key call in a game, and can flip some of those games. So again, six of the 11 losses, one score. So they go out, they trade for Sam Darnold in free agency. They get an offensive guard in Pat Elfin. They get an offensive tackle in Cam Irving. They get a linebacker in Hassan Reddick. They get a defensive end in Morgan Fox. They get a cornerback in A.J. Bouye. They get a linebacker in Denzel Perryman. And and they get a wide receiver, David Moore, who's going to come in. And play for them. So, pretty much all of those guys that I just mentioned are are gonna are gonna start and play for these guys. Outside of outside of David Moore, outside outside the wide receiver and David Moore, he's just more of a depth type guy. But I mean, pretty much all the people that they brought in are guys that they needed to come in and and play from the get go. And that same to be said here with a couple of these draft picks. Corner J.C. Horn with their first round pick, he's going to start. Wide receiver Terrace Marshall in the second round. A lot of people now are saying, "What a bargain!" He has apparently turned all kinds of heads in in uh, camp for them. He looks like he is going to start for them as well. Offensive tackle Brady Christensen, third round, looks like he's going to start as well for them. Now this is where start uh, the draft picks. It just gets more a little bit more into depth. But tight end Tommy Trimble in the third round. They get uh, Chuba Hubbard in the as a running back in the fourth round. Back up, of course, to to Christian McCaffrey. They take a defensive tackle in the fifth and a corner in the fifth as well. Those guys for depth. They're not really looking to to get a ton of playing time out of those guys. But still, this was at least a team that went out in free agency and signed a whole bunch of dudes that are going to come in and play for them. And they drafted a whole bunch of dudes that are going to come in and play for them. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we shall see here in 2021. ESPN's not sold on it. They have this as the 27th rated roster heading in to 2021. On the football outsiders type of thing, if we look back what happened last year, again, offensive side of the ball, different quarterback and Christian McCaffrey hurt, but 17th overall offense, not bad when you consider that 24th overall defense last year. Football Outsiders does have them with a mean projection of 7.1 wins. If you're looking at the the graphic we put up on the screen a little bit earlier, they are seven and a half wins is your win total listed for this team. So kind of right on the number here, according to Football Outsiders, they have them as a playoff contender, 22.9% of the time. Their metric for that is somewhere between nine and 11 wins. So a little bit under quarter percent of the time. That they a little bit a quarter of the time they get nine to eleven wins a Super Bowl winner zero point five percent of the time <laughs> in their simulations. <laughs> uh, Warren Sharp over Sharp Football. If you look, thirteenth easiest schedule is that really easy? Not really. More middle of the pack, but thirteenth easiest schedule for this uh, for this Panthers team. He has them projected at seven point five wins, which is exactly what their win total is listed at on uh, pretty much every book. This out there. If we go to our friends over at Pro Football Focus, they have this team as the 25th power ranked team preseason as we head into the NFL in 2021. They have them projected at 7.8 wins. So basically, we wow. took that 7.5 number, and with three different projection systems out there, we just tickled right around it. We had a 7-1, a 7-5 dead on, and then a 7-8. So basically, that number is unbettable if you go by the projection systems out there. Like, I mean, you have a, no one matter. that's a tiny bit over, no one ma- that's dead on, yeah. and one's a little bit under. So, yes, uh, I, I would not recommend betting that 
at all. This offensive line is going to need to improve a ton. Um, listen, Sam Darnold has used to playing behind bad offensive lines. Well, it is the 30th ranked offensive line heading into 2021 here, according to Pro Football Focus. They have the right tackle on Taylor Moten, who did get paid in the offseason, but he's been the only consistent performer on this offensive line up and down. I mean, it is, you know, R- Russell Kung was a guy that was supposed to help out a ton, but he just hadn't been able to stay healthy for several years, and he's not even going to play. Well, he's still out in free agency. So you're you're looking basically at an offensive line that they had the, 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 pretty much everyone across the board is going to have to play better, or it could be a pretty terrible situation there for Sam Darnold. On the defensive line, there is at least a little bit of hope. They, they're 16th-ranked defensive line heading into the season. They've got a lot of young guys, but they got a lot of young guys who really stepped up and have played much better over kind of rookie season to second year, now entering third year type thing. Brian Burns, Derek Brown, a couple of guys that really – stepped up from kind of year one to year two. They've got uh, Gross Matos as well on that defensive line who, who really took a step up from uh, from year, year one to year two. And we have seen with these defensive pass rushers over the course of kind of the last five years, we have kind of seen where these, these year two guys that, that did improve from year one kind of take a drastic leap in year three because it's like, all right, I'm a rookie, don't really know how to beat an offensive lineman. Oh, here's a way that I've figured out kind of how to beat an offensive lineman. And then you go into that third year and you've you've got these all these tools under your belt. And, and we have seen guys take a big step here. So there is some some hope here for this defensive line. I mean, talking about Burns in particular, Brian Burns, he went from, as we're talking about these these leaps, he went from 68.7 in his rookie season up to an 86.9 last year in his grade, from in his pass rushing grade over at Pro Football Focus. So you can see that there, there was a big leap taken there, and then if he can take that, that year three leap, then maybe, you know, as we talk about, pressure being so important on the quarterbacks, and you are in a division as well with – the most immobile quarterback. You never find another division with more quarterbacks that cannot run out of sight than you will get in this division right now. So if they can get any sort of pressure whatsoever, you have Tom Brady who self-sacks. You have, you have Matt Ryan who probably should start self-sacking. And then you got Jameis Winston who probably would be better just falling over as well because he fumbles and throws picks so much. So you, this get any sort of pressure whatsoever should be pretty good. You look at the secondary. They picked up A.J. Bouye like we talked about. Dante Jackson's been a pretty decent performance former for them and then they spent a first round pick on JC Horn so you have at least a pretty decent nucleus there as far as as guys that are going to be covering you've got some potential on the pass rushing side of things so what about the offensive side well it really comes down to what we're going to get out of Sam Darnold because if you look around and you kind of go okay I mean Christian McCaffrey DJ Moore Got Robbie Anderson as your kind of long, deep threat. Now, Terrace Marshall comes in, and he's either going to play, the, you know, he'll play either in the slot or sometimes, I guess, out wide. Maybe him and DJ Moore kind of flip-flop back and forth as to whether they line up out wide or in the slot. But you, you've got some good playmakers. You've got everything that you need in a wide receiver core. And then Christian McCaffrey, obviously, you're do it all back. But it's not only Sam Darnold's talent. Is he going to be able to get enough uh, protection right there to be able to do anything? And I think that's going to be the real big question and the real big thing about this Panthers team this year is, is Sam Darnold going to have time to even show whether he's good or not? Because that's one of the things that we talked about when, when, when they picked him up. We were like, we don't really know if he's good or not. He's had no talent around him at all. He's got horrible, had horrible coaching, and he didn't have any playmakers. And so we, we don't really know what Sam Darnold is, but I don't know if this will even be a fair 
fair shake because if this offensive line, again, doesn't really take a big step forward, then maybe we'll, we'll, we'll never find out who Sam Darnold is and maybe he'll end up having to go and be a you know perennial back backup across the league and, and never really got a fair shake at anything. Oh, I've waited patiently to ask you this. Sam Dar- so where did you stand up? So Sam Darnold we've talked about with the Adam Gase thing, right? Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill left Adam Gase. He became pretty darn good mm-hmm. quarterback in Tennessee. And you just said it about uh, about Sam Darnold. Okay, right. So we can't really judge him from what he from where he was with the Jets under Adam Gase. Now here he is with the Panthers, and it's Matt Roulet, as Kelly has told us. Yes, not Matt Rule. It's Matt Roulet. Told him to his face. So what you just said is interesting. We might not be able to give him a fair shake either with the offensive line, but that's not reality, right? Reality is he's going to have a leash. Mm -hmm. And what do you think the leash is on Sam Darnold? Because the backup quarterbacks are, they don't have a terrible depth chart. It's P.J. Walker and it's Will Greer. Mm -hmm. P.J. Walker, who Kelly, you know very well from his XFL days with the Houston Roughnecks. Got a who? Got to have a what? Got to have a roughneck. So what do you make of that? Like, in other words, is it is it two bad games? Is it five bad games? What is it? I think you give him – they got to give him at least half the season, I would think. I, I kind of think that, too. I think you got to give him half the season, see what's going on. I mean, again, it's – I don't think that they're – I don't think that they're so crazy to think that, that, that this offensive line – they have to know where the giant weakness is with this team. You know, that being said, if you look at how this starts out, we if everything yeah. if everything goes right we could be talking about like as, the, three, are the Panthers really 5 and 0 well, yeah. i mean like, the three is the three and O Panthers will have the question that week: Which of the three and O teams is <laughs> yeah, the paper right, tiger? Yeah, yeah, and everybody will say it's the Panthers. So yeah, like, yes. But that's what's funny. So like, okay, you think about that that schedule and how easy it starts and what could really happen. And then, I mean, I don't think any of us here are very high on the Saints this year. And it's like, I mean, a the Bucks just feel like they have the easiest path to a division title ever this year. But like, I feel like the Falcons or the Panthers are going to finish ahead of the Saints. I don't know which one though. That was the other Aaron Schatz thing. I asked him, what's the most surprising team you have as a wild card? He said the Saints. So it was like he was, the, it was trolling Matt Brown the entire <laughs> second. He's the, he's the anti-Brown. Um, if you look at, but if the, the back end is horrible for, for, I mean, they bills and bucks twice, right? So it's like, if you're contending at all for, for a playoff spot, where like, you better have it pretty close to locked up because your bills and bucks twice is not the greatest way to, to, to close things out there. So yes, that's, that's going to be unfortunate if they, if they need a couple of wins to try to even get into the wild card picture here. But, I mean, listen, I think Darnold, coming out of college, I thought he was fine. I I, I wasn't one of the guys. We we talk about this all the time. I'm not a quarterback evaluator. I'm not a talent evaluator. I don't don't know what's going on. But I thought he was fine. I thought what I saw in college from him was fine. I thought that he would be a decent kind of of middle-of-the-pack guy when he got to the NFL. That that obviously wasn't the case when he was with the Jets. But – Look, there's a lot of talent here, at least. So the one thing he had with the Jets was a terrible offensive line, but no playmakers. At least if you're going to have a terrible offensive line with the Panthers here, you've got playmakers all over the place, right? So at the wide receiver position with Christian McCaffrey, with everything like that. And so um, I, I think that there's at least there's at least a chance here that, that this could be like a nine. I think the nine-win team on a, on a kind of a ceiling-type situation wouldn't be the craziest. Wouldn't be the craziest, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Looking at that schedule. Yeah, they, it, it would all have to go really right for them to get to 9-8. and eight. I forget, right? We're talking right. 17 games. 9-8. and eight. 
Uh, we'll come back. We'll update all the baseball scores, and we will get to our one and done in our golf draft at the Northern Trust. That's on the way right here at VEASAN's Primetime Action. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. It's prime time action on a Wednesday night here at the South Point. Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Kelly, update on the uh, baseball scores, if you would, sir. Yeah, absolutely. The Yankees still on top of the Red Sox. Four to one, bottom of the sixth inning. Red Sox now plus 800 live. Eight and a half the live total. Braves extend that lead over the Marlins. That out to seven to two now in the top of the seventh. The Rays up on the Orioles, six to two, bottom of the sixth. The Angels, three to one, top of the ninth. Shohei Otani was having none of Matt's talk. He hit a home run. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> Three to one. I, I helped him. I helped him along the way. That's right. That's right. You boosted his spirits. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals up over the Brewers. Three to two. Bottom of the fifth. 
Uh, Cardinals minus 280 live. Brewers plus 225. Eight and a half the total. Mariners still with that 2 nothing lead over the Rangers. They are minus 550 live. Rangers plus 400. Six and a half live total. Uh, Royals one nothing over the Astros. Bottom of the fifth. Royals minus 170. Astros plus 140. And five and a half the total. And A's and White Sox now tied. 1-1 top of the fourth inning. White Sox still a minus $2 favorite though. Seven and a half. Live total. I am uh, multitasking. Yeah, you, did you get home over there, match point? <laughs> no, it's the second match point. <laughs> match point number two. Apparently, uh, Tiafo double faulted on Deuce. So it is second match point for Diego Schwartzman. Trying to get a winner video here. And uh, what do I got to pay you, Kelly, to put the tennis channel up on this uh, studio here? Uh, winner. Winner video. <laughs> nice. That is some solace on, a, on an otherwise rough day there right there. There you go. Huge. Diego Schwartzman, leaflet. And you don't gotta pay you don't gotta pay me. You gotta pay the South Point to give the tennis channel back. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Leaflet. Schwartzman. Nicely done. <clears throat> well, that eased the pain a little well, bit good. from our story earlier in the day. Yeah. Matt knows how. You had a I, huge tennis day. I had a massive tennis day. It just could have been it just could have been way bigger. Massive. Um yeah, could have been could have been even bigger. That's for sure. Um, so we're going to do our golf draft coming up, uh, along with our one and done, and um, and then a little uh, a little later on the show, we'll uh, we'll talk to Pete Futak about the SEC as we go. The, the whole strategy with the college football conferences was go to multiple experts per conference until we move on to the next conference. Correct? Yeah, we do a Power Five conference a week, so we're okay. at, this is SEC week. SEC week. Matt, you are an LSU alum. We have not heard from you about LSU. Where do you stand on your Tigers? I mean, there's a lot of talent on, on both sides of the ball. The problem is the quarterback situation is still kind of up up in the air, right? I mean, the they wanted to start Miles Brennan. Brennan gets hurt. They're going to have to go with Max Johnson. He's going to, you know, he got some time last year, so he was able to it's not like they're guys getting thrown to the wolves here and without having any SEC experience whatsoever. But, I mean, look, you're in you're you're in a conference, not not even a conference. Let's talk about a division with with Bama and A and M, who are two of the you know biggest favorites to win the whole national championship. And then you're in a conference with Georgia as well. So I mean, like going through and being able to navigate through all of that, I think is going to be pretty uh, going to be pretty rough. But you know, I think a I think a eight or nine win you know eight or nine win season or something like that wouldn't be the end of the world. Wouldn't be the end of the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, we'll find out what Pete Futek has to say about this. It's Alabama, Georgia, and then everybody else. Although Texas A&M might have something to say about that. We shall see. <clears throat> but, getting a little, they're, getting some, they're getting some love out there yes. from, from people. Yeah, they, I don't know that quarterbacking situation, but I thought Kenny talked about it the other night. Like, pretty good team out there. I just thought Ke- the Kellen Mond, losing Kellen yeah. Mond was going to be a pretty big difference. From what I gather, again, I don't, you know, all I do, all you can do is follow recruiting. From what I gather, is they have a choice of two supposed studs, stud freshmen. Yeah, like, like yeah. two. You know, it's they have two guys that are supposed to be really great, and they can choose between the two. Um, Tough problem to have. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Good problem. Good problem to have. Um, Although it's crazy, man. These kids, like you, read, you read these stories every day now of these kids transferring. Like I think it was a Kentucky quarterback I saw the other day that transferred, and it's like. Man, there's just no competition at all anymore. Like, all these kids, as soon as they get beat, it's like, all right, I'm transferring. I'm going somewhere else. And I'm like, and some of these programs, like say if it's a bigger program, I just don't fully understand it sometimes because if your dream is to maybe eventually still play in the NFL, like, I'd still rather be around a bigger program and get that coaching than go play at, you know, Bowling Green or something like that. 
You know, it's it's funny. Some some people think it's like the haves and the have-nots in college football are gonna. There's gonna be a bigger chasm between those because of name, image, likeness, everything that's going on. Then there's another theory about you know that the expanded playoff will still have recruits wanting to play now for uh, you know a, a wider variety of teams because you can still get in the playoff now. It's not just yeah. four, right? So there's two ways of looking at I'm it. I'm on the other side of that because yeah. I think it's like here's the thing. If you would you rather be a third string right. at a power five That's or right. if you're the face of the program at a smaller but you're getting yeah. you're getting the pizza de- deal and the car yeah. dealership deal That's and the right. whatever deal and all you know I mean if you're if you're, if you're the quarterback in any of these cities right. you're the dude. I'm the king of Lubbock. Yeah. Rather be the king of Lubbock or just, you know, just some guy in Miami. Don't answer that, Kelly. Don't answer that. <laughs> we'll come back. Golf, one and done. And the draft next. Love this. The Beeson's Primetime Action. College football betting guide is here. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access Beeson subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I've been uh, inundated with Shohei Otani tweets all night. From our good buddy Jason Weingarten. Uh, Jason Weingarten. Well, Matt Brown had to bash the guy, you know, half hour. I lit a fire <laughs> under uh, Shohei Otani. He was like, oh, you want to say I've only had two homers in uh, in August? Third. He said, you know who has the lowest DRA in the AL since July 1st? Shohei. Uh, tweet from Max Goldstein. Shohei threw six innings tonight. I don't know what, what the update is through eight, but through six innings, he had 12 swings and misses and 12 balls totally as a pitcher tonight. Uh, then he hit his 40th jack, first of 40 this year. This from Ryan Lawrence. So Tani's ERA currently at 2.82. Only eight starting pitchers have a lower ERA in baseball, and only one AL starting pitcher has a better ERA. In the So only one American League starter with a better ERA. His OPS, 1.011, is second best in Major League Baseball. He's two points behind Vlad Jr. <laughs> in OPS, who's like, you know, it's just unbelievable. Uh, and then Jason adds, why aren't we betting this for Cy Young? Rhett Bollinger, last one, not only has Shohei hit the major league leading 40th homer of the season tonight, he's also set a career high by going eight innings. He's thrown 89 pitches. Oh, that's efficient. Pretty. That's efficient. Pretty I got two baseball futures the whole season, uh, Gil. Shohei, AL MVP, 11 to 1. Mm hmm. How's uh, old Jorge Soler doing to lead in home runs? Hey, dude, <laughs> let me tell you. Here's my baseball futures. Shohei at 4-1, to one, and then everybody else injured. <laughs> or in the wrong category. Just awful futures for me this year with, with baseball. Uh, I, right. I, I had a... To lead the league in, in stolen bases for out of budget, oh, yeah. but, but four games all year. <laughs> and like even money and he too, right? Rehab assignment. He went his rehab assignment last week and, and hurt his oblique again. <laughs> <laughs> he 
in four games all year. My my one set the tone was that when Cabrian Hayes hit a homer for I had an L rookie of the year, and then the next day. He was hurt. Yeah. Uh, oh man, uh, my guy never even got in the in the league. Steal a base. I can't get on the field. All right, quick one and done at draft because I bet you yes. Isaiah's downstairs making money right now, trying to take bets right now of whether or not we're going to finish it this segment. Oh, okay. We're gonna uh, show him, so we're going to show him. Let's up. just say so. There's two tournaments left. We we decided that we can't do Atlanta, the third of the FedEx Cup, because it's a staggered start and the purses have to do with that, and so it doesn't conform to our one and done. Plus, if you win it, it's $15 million, and it would just erase the entire year. So, we have two tournaments left. Uh, obviously, Kelly's got the lead. He's about $1.6 million up on me. He's about $2.3 million up on Mateo, and so a lot of game theory. We know who each other have picked, so we decided we must submit, rather than on air, we must submit via email and stick to it. Well, Kelly went with Justin Thomas, and then Matt and I, independently, looking to see who Kelly hadn't picked, both came up with Rory McIlroy. So Matt's a little, uh, you're a little bent. A little, little miffed. Yeah. A little miffed at this. But, uh, you know, hey, it, I can't win if I don't gain ground. That's so, right. I mean, so I'll gain the ground, and then I'll just have then, to try to eclipse both of you guys, uh, guy, both of you guys next week. But, yes. So, um, We'll let you kick off the draft, man. How about that? It's constantly Rory top right. 10 plus 230. What was it? Rory top 10 plus 230. All right. All right. Seamus Power top 40 plus 160. Oh, no. I knew it. I knew it. No. <laughs> no. You could have gone with that one first. I could have, but I was like, I was like, you're going to take that. I thought you were going to do the Rory. Oh, man. Rory top five, four to one. Stole my Seamus. I knew, I knew you had one lined up for him. <laughs> just go, go top 20. Go like 5-1 to one on it. That's phenomenal. That was good for you. That was That's, that's fun. I knew you were going to have a Seamus one. I had, to, I had to get on there. Make your pick. It's, it's you. Where, where'd you go? Yeah, it's your turn, man. Oh, it's mine. Harris English top 10 <laughs> plus 350. Danielle's left, and now you can't figure I, I, out the I, rotation. <laughs> what was yours? What was the one you took? Seamus oh, yeah, Bauer yeah. top 40. English top 10 plus 350. Okay. Harris right. English. I'm going to go Daniel Berger, top 20 plus 120. Ooh, I thought you were going to steal mine. Daniel Berger, top 10 plus 275. Justin Thomas, plus, uh, top 20 plus 130. You can get Justin Thomas for a top 20 finish. I know. At plus money. I bet it big. I know. Uh, Keegan Bradley, top 20 plus 500. Hmm. Paul Casey, top twenty plus one twenty. Well, I got I got to cross that one off. I like it. And I say this feels set. very much like a Keegan Bradley course. By the way, he's gonna like finish six. He this was week. number one in one of my models. Uh, Jonathan Vegas, top forty, plus one twenty. All right, now I got I got to give you my Johnny Vegas one. I did I did too much research on this. I got I got I got to make Wyatt downstairs do some work this weekend, so I'm still do, using it. Johnny Vegas plus two twenty five top South American. <laughs> you did a Johnny Vegas one, yeah. Oh brother, <laughs> Joaquin Neiman top twenty plus two fifty. Oh, you gonna come back with the top South American with him against me? Yeah. Rom Spieth or Rory to win it all plus three hundred. Those are cool. Those like those two three way bets they have there. I like those. I'm sorry, Rom Spieth or who? Rom Spieth or Rory plus 300. Okay. How many do we have left? That's the last pick. 
That was your last pick. Okay, so we each got one less. All right, I'll go Justin. Paul Casey, top Englishman, plus 200. Seamus Power, head-to-head against Tyrrell Hatton, plus 110. I like it. And uh, by the way, go ahead and tell downstairs we got we got through that. Yeah, with 90, 90 seconds, seconds left. Um, oh, right. They also have a mark. Like, just for – listen, this is – Obviously, they're coming in the season, so DraftKings putting up some new markets and things like that. I talked about, you know, the, the the three ways and the two ways that you can bet. How about this one? There's winner without tab on here, Those are and cool. it is winner without either Rom, Morikawa, Spieth, or Dustin Johnson. So you can bet winner with, and it doesn't. And none of those guys count. You can still get, you can still get Rory at sixteen to one. Oh man, and. And and it, it excludes Ron Moore, Callis Spieth, and Dustin Johnson. That's a great bet. That's a fantastic bet. So if you like him at twenty to one, I'd almost rather take him at sixteen to one and, oh, and boot out absolutely. Ron Moore, Callis Spieth, and Dustin Johnson. By the way, uh, beyond this, have you guys bet any FedEx Cup markets? Oh, so glad you asked that. So Matt, I don't know if you, what you did with this. I did figure that anybody. That it made sense for a couple guys. So I played, because I played Scheffler and Berger this week, I bet them both at 40 to 1 to win the FedEx. I think it yeah. really depends on where where the guys are in the standings. That's right. And then, But if you're going to bet them this week, so like JT's further up, like you could bet them at 8 to 1 or something. I will, I will absolutely have a better two before the tournament starts tomorrow. Yeah. Because that, that to me is the coolest thing. I think it, it correlates at least a little start. bit. It should correlate with your bets a little bit. Yeah, remember, know the rules because that third tournament, whoever's in the lead starts at 10 under, second place starts at 8 under third place starts at seven under so on and so forth we'll come back sec with pete futak from college football news next on vsense primetime action Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. 
Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. VEASAN's primetime action. Now that the NFL preseason is kicked off, it is the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The guide is only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy both the NFL and college guides. Reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up, uh, sign up now, rather, at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You will not be sorry about that. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. Let's talk a little SEC football. Why don't we do that with our friend from College Football News? We meet again, Pete Futak. How you doing, man? I am doing just fine. It's been like what a half a day since we've talked. Yes, so it seems like it's been way too long. <laughs> way too long. You can't. We really shouldn't shouldn't go that long without talking. Here's the here's exactly. the here's the macro question about the SEC because obviously we have uh, you know odds to win each division and we have odds to win the conference. Um, we immediately go into Alabama mode, right? We're like, okay, well, it's Alabama. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be the favorite and it's theirs to lose. But listen, um, not only a brand new quarterback, but a whole bunch of turnover on the Crimson Tide. Not that Georgia doesn't have some turnover. They do, but not nearly as vastly as Alabama does. Should we not consider the possibility here that this might not be Bama's year? Like Nick Saban can perform magic, but maybe not this year? You're kind of impressioning how you do. We just did a podcast about this. What's the most intriguing team of 2021? And it might be Georgia because, like you said, there's no excuse. I mean, they're as talented as Alabama. They're as talented as Clemson. They're as talented as anybody in the country. If you like recruiting rankings, and I kind of don't, but if you go by those things, they are number one or two every single year under Kirby Smart. They have recruited well enough to win a national championship. And look at this schedule. There's Clemson, and then there's the Florida game. Neutral site games, and that's kind of it. Like, they got to go to Auburn, but there's no Alabama. There's no Texas a There's no LSU. This schedule is perfect. So if they can get by Clemson, there is no excuse to not be in the college football playoff discussion and not just get there, but to do something big because they do have the talent to win the national title. So let's uh, let's stay over here in the West and let's uh, let's talk about Texas A&M because this is a team that I keep hearing a decent amount of buzz about. And I think, you know, listen, you, you talk about the recruiting rankings and stuff like that. And whether you agree with them or not, they're always in the top 10 as well. They recruit really well over there and uh, seems to have a lot of talent. Is this would it be A&M if, if it's not Alabama at the end of the at the end of the year that comes out of the West? Would it be A&M? Is that the team that definitely? 
definitely. I mean, LSU understand the quarterback situation is a little bit murky and all that. So, so what team is it if it's not Alabama? They do get Alabama in College Station, so start there. The big question mark is going to be a quarterback. Do they have the guy? I mean, Kellen Mond is off being a Minnesota Viking now, but they've got everything else in place. They didn't lose a whole lot, and in this super senior year, they're getting back a whole lot of talent. The lines are as strong as any in the country. They've got the skill guys. The one thing that's kind of the differentiating factor for good and for bad is their style. This is not going to be the type of team that goes out there and goes for 600 yards and 48 points a game. This is going to be slow, go, play down to their level. They like to keep everything in control, very measured, and that's good. But sometimes when they have to turn it on, they can't really do that under Jimbo Fisher. But this team has got all the talent in the world to come up with that win over Alabama and get to the SEC championship. Pete, we're on in ten. We're on uh, on uh, ten ten XL in Jacksonville, so you know who they want to talk about. The Tebow? game. <laughs> no, I don't. Th- I don't think they want to talk about Tebow. Maybe they do. Of course they do. Of what? course they do. It's all Tebow. Yes, it wasn't where I was going, but okay, that's part. That's a possible subject as well. But uh, the Gators, if not Georgia in the SEC East, uh, there are some who like Kentucky. By the way, here at the South Point, Chrissy Andrews who runs the sports book. Said that the the most bets early on in betting markets were on Kentucky. Believe it or not, like he couldn't believe it. A historically, uh, you know, uh, basketball blue blood. A lot of a win total. Yeah, a lot of football. Yeah, a lot of season win total overs on Kentucky. Um, and then there's some, you know, some. There's a little corner of folks like yourself who might like Tennessee. But there's Florida, right? And Florida is one of these teams. Tell me if you agree with this. Like the pressure shouldn't be on them here this year, right? Like last year went so well, where I feel like they can almost play loose. And that the pressure is all on Georgia. You may have even written the exact same thing at College Football News. You may have planted that seed in my brain. And I look at their schedule, and I honestly don't see fewer than nine wins. Do you? At a worst-case scenario. Well, Alabama, at LSU, Georgia, and where else? You know, because like you said, they don't have Texas A&M. I don't like – they don't have to play Ole Miss this year. That's a big deal. Uh, So – yeah, they don't get Auburn. That doesn't bad. So their schedule isn't that bad. Florida State's probably not up to snuff quite yet. Uh, Florida Atlantic, South Florida. As I'm looking at this right now, what they leave the state of Florida? What like once, twice, if that? I mean, just they just don't have to travel all that much this year. And Emory Jones is going to be great. Uh, he's my ridiculous, not going to win the Heisman sleeper, sleeper Heisman pick guy uh, at the, the crazy odds for him because he's going to put up big numbers. Dan Mullen. Has done is a whale of a college football coach. He won at Mississippi State. Nobody wins at Mississippi State, including Mike Leach. He has been able to restore the glory somewhat at Florida. He hasn't gotten to the national title level yet, but he's got him close. He's got a be- the defense is going to be a whole lot better, and they do have skill guys. Even though they lost a bunch to the NFL, the backfield is good enough. The lines are good enough, and if you beat Georgia then they are right in the thick of things for the SEC championship, even with that schedule with Alabama and LSU. Embry Jones, by the way, 80 to one consensus to win the Heisman. 80 to one. I want more than that. Yeah, it's, it's, that's not good enough. But yeah, okay, I want more. 
Emory Jones is a crazy call. We'll look for oh. more for you, Pete. We're also on hey. in uh, we're also on in Baton Rouge, and um, uh, you, you know, also want to talk Tebow after a after a five and <laughs> after a uh, five and five season. Uh, the people down in Baton Rouge are uh, you know obviously not very excited about whatever what went down with the quarterback situation, having to go with with Max Johnson now. Outside of that, I mean, if you do look at this roster, I mean, it's it's incredibly deep. We continue to talk about these recruiting rankings. There, they're also always in the top ten. Uh, Louisiana, a hugely fertile recruiting ground, brings in a ton of uh, of guys. I mean, if you look on the defensive line, seems to be pretty solid there as well. You got two of the best corners, maybe the best corner tandem in, in all of college football. Is it really just going to come down to what what they can produce at the quarterback position? Is whether we're looking at a seven win team or, or maybe a team pushing ten wins? I'm going to use this term like I know what it actually means, but regression to the mean. They're not going to be 2019. That was too high. 2020 was too low. Now it's going to be kind of what LSU is, which is every year 10 and two ish, nine and three ish. And they don't win the sec championship. And you know, LSU is my, my argument for Texas and Oklahoma. You know, yes, you could be great in this conference and not get a t-shirt that says sec championship on it. They've got the talent. They are going to be good enough. Max Johnson is good enough. You mentioned the corner tandem. They are going to be better. Last year, they got ripped apart. Wasn't Derek Stingley Jr.'s fault? That was just a weird year by the secondary. And Gil mentioned uh, Alabama losing all that talent. Well, last year was historic loss of talent where, you know, even if you are LSU, you just don't replace that. Um, so they are going to be better. You know, it's, it's a very, very, very good team. And I know a lot of people who think that four against UCLA to start the season's kind of cheeky cute, but like, that's just a gift potentially for LSU. Like, come on, this team might just be that great. Uh, but Florida, they got to go to Ole Miss, which I love Ole Miss. They got to go to Alabama and they got to deal with Texas A&M. That's pretty bad. So there are a few built-in losses there, just enough to, like I said, be nine and three-ish also ran like they usually are in the SEC. Talking to Pete Futak from College Football News. You can follow him on Twitter at Pete, F-I-U-T-A-K. So, Pete, uh, I don't know if you can see this whole SEC betting grid where we have the uh, yeah. to-win conference and also the season win totals of all the teams in the conference. So, Alabama under 11.5 aside, because I think we all agree you probably don't bet uh, Alabama over to go undefeated just on principle kind of thing. So, let's throw that one out there. But that aside, what's your favorite single bet here on the board for any of these teams? Uh, I think you brought it up before with Kentucky, where their September is easy, their November is easy, and that sandwich in the middle is impossibly hard, where they got to deal with Florida, LSU, at Georgia, and even at Mississippi State because it's a road game. If you can think they can win one of those games, and maybe at Mississippi State, uh, it's Kentucky, so they're not going to beat Florida. But, okay, let's say they pull off an upset against LSU. If they can win one of those games, look, at they start with Louisiana Monroe, Missouri, Chattanooga at South Carolina. That's got to be 4-0. They finish with Tennessee at home, at Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and then at Louisville. It's going to come down to that game at Louisville. I think they go over on the 7 there. And as much as I'm in love with this Ole Miss team this year, the seven and a half is a tad high. I, I, I know you get Austin P, you get Tulane, Arkansas at home. They don't have to play Georgia. They don't have to play Florida. Uh, but still, it, it, Liberty is going to be a dangerous game for them. Yeah. Seven and a half for a team that still has to prove it can play defense. I like it. I do think this is an eight-win team, but that's a guess more than I think my – that's my heart 
with this team. So I think they're fun more than my head saying that yeah, this is probably more of a seven five ish team somehow. I don't disagree. That's a brutal schedule for Lane Kiffin and crew at Ole Miss for sure. Uh, and Liberty is a great one to bring up because if, if things go wrong and they lose to a team like that, then it could go really wrong. Real quick, forty five seconds. Odds to win the Heisman. Uh, the of the SEC candidates, Bryce Young is nine to one. JT Daniels is twelve to one. Uh, those are the two on this board, anyway. Spencer Rattling, the short shot in the nation, at six to one. Yeah, I guess it's all right. I mean, I, I guess Bryce Young because he's going to have those moments out there again. Emory Jones at eighty to one. I'm actually, you know, I joked about before, but that's actually not bad because you're talking about a, a Florida quarterback who is going to put up big stats. He's going to put up big numbers. And look, I thought Kyle Trask actually deserved it, it you know, last year. So uh, at least in the regular season before everything, the wheels came off. But the Florida quarterback is going to produce big stats. If Emory Jones goes off against uh, Georgia, all of a sudden, he's got a shot at this thing. That quickly. That's all it takes sometimes. Pete Futak, everybody, from College Football News, collegefootballnews.com. Uh, look forward to uh, expert picks competition this year, sir. Thank you for including me. Coming up tonight. You're up there. It's going to be up tonight. I love it. Uh, week zero, just 10 days away. Cannot wait. Thank you, Pete. Uh, for Matt Brown, for Kelly Bidlin, that's Gil Alexander. We've done all we can do. The uh, very contentious golf competition begins tomorrow. The Nightcap with Tim Murray and Sean King next from Circa. Enjoy. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.